all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. Let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. Today's episode, we are going to talk about core and why core is not the dirty four-letter word it has a reputation for being. It's actually really going to up-level your intervention. So I want you to give it a try. I'm going to share with you today something known as the Socratic method that's named after Socrates, the great thinker, and how you can integrate the Socratic method into your intervention today. I'm going to share that by the end of the episode. Before we dive in, I want to talk a little bit about what is core exactly. So when we're talking about the common core, you're talking about standards that were adopted from international and national standards that were considered to be the best of the best. So they took these standards that had high expectations that were very rigorous and that involved using knowledge in a manner that's going to be useful for career and for college later on. So so like, let's take the practical stuff that's also challenging and that's of the best of the best internationally and nationally, and let's adopt those and let's share them across the states. So 41 states voluntarily agreed to adopt these standards known as the Common Core through K through 12th grade. And the idea is that everyone is doing the same thing so that we know that when they come to college, they have the same background experience or they go to career training. It's the same background experience. And if children are to move, say, from Michigan to Indiana, they're going to have the same experience in third grade. So it's going to be a seamless transition. So what I like about CORE, there's three reasons why I really love CORE and why I like that we have a sort of kind of adaptation in CORE at the preschool level. So if you work with preschoolers in my show notes, I'm going to leave you a link so you can look up your state's standards. And you're going to see the state standards are reflected in what you see in K through 12's Common Core and that the emphasis is going to be on number one, challenging treatment targets. If you do not have high expectations, you are not going anywhere. So that is one thing you're going to find in these new standards. Number two, you're going to find is an emphasis on higher level 
thinking. Okay, I'm drooling talking about this because this is what really matters is the what. Like, what are we going to spend our time on? We want to spend our time on game changers. Our goals are kind of like the food you eat. It dictates 80% of your outcome. How healthy you are is probably 80% based on what you consume. So our goals are what we consume. And when I see that these goals are challenging and based on higher level thinking, and we think about Bloom's taxonomy, we're talking about, are you able to apply knowledge? Are you able to synthesize knowledge with other domains? Are you able to evaluate the knowledge? Are you able to create with the knowledge that you have? Taking knowledge up that taxonomy is what we want to do. So that's number two in the common core. And number three with common core, we want to look at is the learning active by integrating other domains. So instead of doing long division, we're going to have a story problem and the child's going to do the story problem and they're going to explain how they figured out the answer, why they chose that operation to figure out the answer. So they're incorporating their mathematical skills with their communication skills, like what you're going to do in the real world, in the career, or in the collegiate setting. So these three aspects of Common Core are, I think, pivotally important. And this is what we have to remember at the early intervention level. One, is it challenging? Two, does it go to higher level thinking? And three, is it active learning, hands-on learning that integrates all of the domains simultaneously? So first of all, let's address the elephant in the room because when it comes to education, we tend to have this bandwagging, black or white, either or, all or nothing type of thinking, unfortunately. So what people thought is common core is about higher level thinking. So we're going to throw away the procedural knowledge. We're going to throw away the memorization of something, memorization of a technique and that kind of knowledge. And we're just going to get into the higher level knowledge. Now we know that you can't have that. You need to have strong, basic, memorized knowledge of letters, numbers, multiplication tables, story grammar, just to name a few. These foundational skills, they need to not only be known and memorized, they need to be automatic. And the reason they need to be automatic is because you need to be able to use your attention and your cognitive load for higher level thinking processes. So if you're doing algebra, your multiplication tables simply need to be automatic. So thinking about that and thinking about, yes, we still need the basics. If we look at Bloom's taxonomy, you still need the knowledge. You still need the comprehension, those two lower levels. And not only do you need it, you need it at an automatic, fluent level so you can focus your attention on the higher level skills. So what I'm saying here is I'm adopting Common Core but I'm doing it in, as I say always in the Bhagavad Gita quote that I adhere to, like a swan, swallow what nourishes you and spit out the dirt. So when it comes to best practice in education, it's not an either or proposition. It's an all of the above. 
the secret is to take out all of the good components and to spit out all the dirt, cut the fat. So what we're talking about here is, yes, we still need our procedural knowledge. Yes, we still need to have these strong foundational skills in place. Yes, children need to know their letters and their sound correspondence, and they need to be able to do it fluently. Yes, children need to know their numbers, and they need to know their quantities, and they need to be able to do it fluently quickly. Yes, children do need to know their multiplication tables, and they need to know it at a fluent level. And yes, it does benefit them to know at a fluent level the elements of the story so that they're able to easily generate their own stories or more easily because we want to be able to have the cognitive load and the attention to focus on higher level skills because these lower level skills are fluent. So yes, we can eat our cake and have it too. We do not need to abandon procedural knowledge. However, in the past, we've relied too much on procedural knowledge. And I'm going to share with you an experience for myself in junior high, which was just horrible. This is like This made me hate learning. Like I think of it as factory work, factory work learning. And I'm going to give you two examples from my junior high. One, I had done long division. There would be 30 long division problems, 30 long multiplication problems. When I'm talking long, you're talking like you're doing it with thousands, numbers that are in the thousands, and you're you're doing a page of simple math and making sure not to make a mistake along the way, low-level math. And at the end, you get the answer. But if you made one of the mistakes along the way, it's wrong. So what you're doing is basically factory work. And 30 times, I'll give you 30 long division problems, 30 long multiplication problems. This just a lot of low level work. And what you're doing is you're doing it a time and time again, and it's mind numbing. It does not go into any application. It doesn't go in any higher level thinking skills whatsoever. And I can compare it to, because in college, I worked at a box making factory. There is such a thing, a cardboard box making factory. If you watch The Simpsons, you'll see it on the opening of The Simpsons. I can compare doing that long division to working at the box making factory. It was as intellectually stimulating as making the same size cardboard box time in and time out throughout the day. And by the way, Viola Davis, if you read her book, Finding Me, she worked at the cardboard box making factory in college too. So we have that in common. We also both have audibles out. Make sure to get my audible if you haven't gotten it already or Viola Davis's or get them both because hers is really good. And you have my audible and the 32 lessons that create lifelong change for children with autism and autism intervention. So getting back to it. It was factory work for the mind. I hated it at the time. It really felt like I was simply writing my name over and over again on a board. And and if I made a mistake, I was going to get marked down for it. Another example, I remember in junior high writing sentence diagrams. I don't know if you had to do this as well. You would have a sentence and then you would make a rocket out of the sentence and you would say, this is the article and this is the subject and this is the verb and this is the direct object and this is the prepositional phrase and this is the indirect object. And every word in that sentence, you would diagram it and you would label it for what it was and they would have you do it 30 times. And I thought, what does this have to do with writing 
this is not writing. It was factory work. I, I can only compare it to making cardboard boxes and working in the cardboard box factory when I was in college over the summers. Yes, it is important to have those foundational skills, addition, subtraction, multiplication, automatic. But we don't need to do long division, long multiplication, and waste our time at this factory level. That is not going to prepare us for the global economy that we're moving into. That's not going to prepare us for higher level thinking. That will prepare you to work in the box making factory, which I did go on to do. (laughs) You just do the same thing over and over again. And your goal is to try to not make a mistake along the way. So that is what we're talking about. We're talking about respecting the importance of procedural knowledge because the research indicates that you do need to have those basics down, but spending our time on taking those basics and moving on from there. How can we take those basics and how can we apply them? How can we take those basics and how can we synthesize it with other domains to solve problems? How can we take those basics and evaluate using those basics? And how can we take those basics and create? Now, that's what makes us uniquely human. This is what artificial intelligence cannot do. Artificial intelligence can only remember. It's a recorder. It can do zeros and ones. It can record what's been done before and play it back. It can patch it together. If you've seen essays written with artificial intelligence, I'm sure they're going to get better They make no sense. A lot of them are gobbledygook because you have verbatim sentences that are pieced together on a topic that have no coherence whatsoever because they're missing the higher level thinking. That's what makes us uniquely human is the Bloom's taxonomy when we talk about, are you able to apply it? Are you able to synthesize it? Are you able to evaluate? Are you able to create? That's what artificial intelligence cannot do. Artificial intelligence is a very advanced recorder. It can only record and play back. So this is where we want to spend our time when it comes to intervention. And that's why I'm going to share with you right now the Socratic method. I'm going to teach you now how to do the Socratic method. Take a piece of paper, and I want you to divide it into four columns. On the first column, I want you to write, what do we know? On the second column, I'm going to say, what do we not know? Or what are we unsure of? On the third column, I want you to write, what questions do we have? And on the fourth column, I want you to write, how are we going to find the answers? Now, this is a way to help children think and move them into higher level thinking. So when we go through the first one, for instance, if you're reading a book, we can ask them, well, what do we know from reading this book? Blah, 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 blah. We can write down things that we know. Then you can ask them in the next column, what don't we know? We don't know this. We don't know that. We don't know this. And we don't know that. Then you can go into the next column and you can say, so what are some questions we have? And we can ask those questions. And then the last column, we can say, how can we find out? So maybe we can read some books to find out. Maybe we can ask some people to find out. Maybe we can do an experiment to find out. Then we're going to find out how to find out. These are the creators. 
of knowledge. So we're taking them through that step of knowledge when we talk about in the beginning, and then we're moving them from knowledge to asking, well, how can we synthesize that knowledge when we ask questions? And then we're moving them into that final and how can we create knowledge by going and searching for answers and and creating knowledge. So this is a four-step process known as the Socratic method. And instead of asking questions, think about just making statements. These are things that we know. These are things that we don't know. These are questions that we have. And these are ways that we can find out. So in that way, it's the child taking the lead instead of the child simply responding to your questions. And you're doing that providing statements to the child instead of comments, which is much more valuable in developing self-efficacy for the child in which the child is taking on the role of the leader in their learning experience, in which they're taking on the role as the teacher instead of taking on the role as the student. The next episode, we're going to look at another strategy I can't wait to share with you on how we can promote higher level thinking. For now, I want you to take all of this information, roll up your sleeves and make the world a better place. One child at a time, you are always going to be first. Make sure to check out my book on Audible if you haven't already, 32 Lessons That Create Lifelong Change in Autism Intervention. 